Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I am the host of the show. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking the show out, and I hope you enjoy it. If you've listened before, thank you for coming back and continuing to be a listener of this podcast. This podcast deals in three specific subjects, movies, sports, and politics. Uh, Each show is going to be dedicated to one of those topics. Today's show is going to be on movies. I'm going to be reviewing the 1992 Robert Altman film, The Player, uh, starring Tim Robbins. Uh, So that review will come up shortly. Before I get into that, a couple of uh, things I wanted to discuss. First, the show is available on the following platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. You can also find the show if you don't have any of those apps on the phone or if you listen on a laptop or a tablet, you can actually go to Google and type in Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast and uh, my podcast should pull up um, in the search as one of the first or second entries. You can actually listen directly through Google. Uh, It'll put you obviously through to the Google podcast. Uh, You can just play it right from the search engine. So if you don't have any of those podcasting apps, you can listen to it that way as well. Uh, I would also uh, request if you can, if you do listen to the show uh, specifically on iTunes, but on any podcasting app or podcatcher that allows you to review or give stars to the show. If you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, it takes a couple of seconds. Uh, if you give it a, a five-star review, hopefully that takes literally one or two seconds. If you are, are kind enough to write a review, uh, please do so as well. And the reason uh, I ask that, and if you listen to most podcasts, both both big ones or small ones, they're all going to uh, request a lot of times that you do that. The reason that we all request that is it's extremely helpful in moving the podcast up in the search engine. So, so if someone's looking for uh, a sports movie and, and politics podcast and they just do a search, uh, the more rating and reviews that this show gets on iTunes or other platforms, the higher profile it receives in searches. So obviously the goal of any podcast, uh, large or small, is to get listenerships and to get more people listening to the show and engaged in the program. So if you could do that, that would be spectacular. I would really appreciate that. It literally takes a couple of seconds. So if you do that, thank you. Um, and another thing I was always I would always uh, suggest is if you can share the show on your social media uh, just you know, put a link to the show or, or indicate that you enjoyed it. Uh, just tell your friends because what I love about doing this particular podcast is I have three distinct topics. So I think there's something for everyone. So if you cherry pick the episode you listen to, if you're a movie buff or love politics or love sports, um, there's something on my show for each one of those tastes. Or if you like all three, that's fantastic. So if you can uh, just uh, you know retweet a tweet or uh, talk about the show, that'd be great as well. That's also a big help, and that's also a great way to increase listenership. So again, any one of those ways is fantastic. I would appreciate it. So thank you for doing that. I also wanted to discuss, actually, last night I was watching the... CNN film production of Apollo 11. So Apollo 11, of course, is the Apollo mission that landed Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins on the moon. So obviously he was the first man to be on the moon and the first of several missions uh, to the moon uh, through the late 60s and early 70s. So when I saw the promo for Apollo 11 last week, I was like, all right, I'm going to check it out. I'm a huge fan of the space program. If you listen to uh, some previous episodes, a couple of weeks back, I did a three-part episode uh, with movies regarding the space program. So I reviewed uh, First Man, The Right Stuff, and Apollo 13. Uh, So those you can find in the archive uh, shows. 
so I was really looking forward to looking at Apollo 11 or watching it. So my perception was going to be, obviously, it was it, it was a documentary. So I thought it was going to be uh, basically kind of your standard documentary where there's a narrator that uh, discusses uh, the mission of Apollo 11, kind of the behind the scenes. And then you would get interviews with the principals, you know, Buzz Aldrin is still alive. Uh, I thought there would be maybe interviews with people that uh, either were there, kind of the, the standard documentary, which there's nothing wrong with that. So I was going into it with that expectation. So I was able to view about 50 minutes of it. I'm, I was late when I started watching it, so I didn't want to, I was getting tired, not because of the film, but because it was late. But, and I tweeted about this the other day, the documentary is fantastic. What I didn't expect and what it actually is, and Anderson Cooper introduces it right at the beginning before you start, 10 minutes in, I was blown away. It's archival, the entire documentary is archival footage from 1969. And the thing that's incredible about it is it's been restored. The The picture quality, it's it's stunning. I, I put that in a tweet, it's completely stunning. Like you're, you're literally, the film quality or the restoration is so good the picture is so crisp. It literally looks like a movie of 1969. So like when you watched Apollo 13, obviously that movie came out in 1995. They recreated um, the, 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 the Mission Control Center. And you can, t I mean, you, you can tell it's recreated. It's fantastic. And Apollo 13 is fantastic. But to see the actual footage from 1969 look that good from a, from a film buff perspective, it was just spectacular. And the audio portion of the documentary, which again, unexpected is basically recordings from the time. So you get a lot of Walter Conkright narration. Uh, you get you get audio from the mission once the, once the rocket is launched. You get a view from the Kennedy Space Center where everybody is out to watch the first launch. And you get the view from Houston and mission control. One of the things that I was stunned to watch, it was beautiful to see. I had realized, you know, knowing the, the space program and knowing about the going to the moon, I had realized personally myself, I had never seen the launch of Apollo 11. And in this documentary, you get to see the launch. You get to see it on the launch pad. You see the rocket take off. You see the, the, the different stages as it lets off its boosters. It's phenomenal. The, the picture quality is just phenomenal. When you see the rocket lift off the launch pad and start to go into space, and, and, that's, and that's an image that never gets old. And for me, as I was growing up, I, I grew up in the space shuttle era where I was able to watch the first space shuttle Columbia launch in 1981 uh so I, I was i was a part of that history in the sense that i was able to see that launch but i had never seen the 1969 moon launch and it is beautiful like i said the res restoration of this footage is it, it, it'll blow you away so i highly recommend if you love the space program i highly recommend this film i'm going to finish watching it probably today it's just it's spectacular the footage that i've seen already and about halfway through it is absolutely breathtaking so i highly recommend apollo 11 which is now playing on cnn i'm sure you can get it uh on demand uh, if you have cable you can watch it on demand i'm sure it'll be available for a little while but i highly highly recommend apollo 11. and now i'll get into my review of the 1992 film the player i hope you enjoy it I'm going to discuss the 1992 Robert Altman film, The Player. The film stars Tim Robbins, Greta Scacchi, Fred Ward, Whoopi Goldberg, Peter Gallagher, Brian James, and uh, as I discussed the film, 
pretty much a cast of thousands. I'll, uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'll get into more of that in a minute. Those of you that are unfamiliar with the player, it was released in 1992, directed by the great Robert Altman, a director of such films as um, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, Nashville, Gosford Park, Shortcuts, of course, the film version of MASH. So uh, a director of great renown known for his improvisational style of direction. Uh, his films, especially in the 70s, were long, sprawling character pieces with cast of up to upwards of 40 people. Uh, this film is kind of like that, but it's not in the same tapestry that he usually weaves in his other films. There's elements of those other films in the player, uh, but this is a straightforward Hollywood satire. So the basic plot of the film, Tim Robbins plays studio executive Griffin Mill. So essentially his job is to option properties or, or, or listen to pitches from screenwriters and get uh, pick certain ones, obviously, to have them uh, be made, be screenplays made into films. So as the movie opens, the movie opens with a tracking shot, so a long, uncut tracking shot. So one of the things about this movie is it's a very inside Hollywood, inside movie-making type of film. Uh, so I'll get into one of my slight criticisms of that later on in the review. But for me as a film buff, I completely love it. So it opens with a about eight minute tracking shot. So basically it's an uninterrupted one take shot as it sets up the movie. So basically you see Griffin taking meetings, you see some of the other people working along the back lot and Fred Ward plays the security expert for the theater, or for the theater, excuse me, for the movie studio. So in a funny moment in that opening sequence, he's explaining to uh, another person that works there about how he's a big fan of the Orson Welles tracking shot that opens the film Touch of Evil. So if you've ever seen that film, uh, that film opens with a famous tracking shot uh, that sets up the entire movie. Uh, so basically, it's a, it's a winking reference to that movie while Altman is doing the same thing in the opening tracking shot. So great sequence to open the film. And as we get into the plot, uh, Griffin, uh, the executive, starts to receive postcards that threaten his life. And it's from a writer. So, of course, he sees writers every day. That's his job. He has no idea who is sending him these postcards. So it starts to get him rattled. And among his uh, his his travels, he meets uh, a writer named David Kahane, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. And uh, he finds out that it's a uh, he rejected his pitch for a movie several months back. He starts to suspect that Kahane is the person writing him the postcards. So he is scared and then agrees to meet him and they meet, they go out, they have a drink and subsequent, subsequently David Kahane is murdered by Griffin Mill. Now, this is not a huge plot point in the movie, so it's not a spoiler per se, uh, because basically that's, this happens early in the film and it sets up what happens for the rest of the movie. So that's the bait, the jump off point for how the movie works. Now, some of the great things I love about this movie, uh, if you've heard of this movie before, uh, you, you know that there are literally dozens of cameos, dozens of cameos of actors, directors in this film. So if you are a film buff and know a lot about films, that's half the fun of this movie. So forget about the plot aside, the main plot. The fun is picking out all the people that are in the cameos. And they're literally in, could be in it from anywhere from a minute to five minutes to a second. It's 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 fantastic. I mean, there's cameos all over. I'll name you a couple. Burt Reynolds, Joel Gray, Sidney Pollock, 
who has a couple of scenes in the movie, the director, or who also acts from time to time, who I love him as an actor, uh, I especially love him in Eyes Wide Shut, the Stanley Kubrick film, but uh, that's only a couple. There's dozens and dozens of cameos in the film. And uh, that's half the fun of watching the movie. Uh, the other thing I love about the movie, it, it is a good Hollywood satire. So basically, you get to kind of see the inner workings of, of, the, of the creative process or the business process. Let me take that back. The thing about show business, which I think this movie illustrates very well, Michael Tolkien wrote the screenplay and it's based on his novel, is the, the push and pull between creative and business. So obviously, you need both for show business to exist. You can't have one without the other. If you have just business people with no creatives, uh, nothing gets made. Same thing if you have just creatives and no business people, then it's just a lot of people with ideas and screenplays and, 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 and creative visions, but no way to get those out there to the public. So they both need each other. But of course, in this film, they, they, there's a scene with uh, Larry Levy, who's played by Peter Gallagher. So he's an up-and-comer that Griffin Mill is threatened by uh, because he's the hotshot new guy. There's a great scene in the movie where Larry pitches to the production team that, hey, we don't even need screenwriters. All we do is literally, and he, he says literally, he has people around the table pick up the newspaper and read a story. So they'll read a random story, and then he just pitches an idea based on that story. So he's basically saying, why are we paying all these writers half a million dollars, a million dollars for their ideas. And we can just come up with the ideas ourselves. Let's just get the writer out of the process. So that's part of what I think the movie is about. I think the movie kind of satirizes the business's desire to remove the writer out of the process. So you're not paying them, you're streamlining the process. And hence, of course, based on everything for business, you make more profits if you're not paying writers. So, uh, Tim Robbins, as Griffin Mill, has a great line in response to that, where he goes, well, if we could just get rid of these pesky actors and directors, it would be fantastic. So there's a, there's the satirical element there, and as the movie progresses, uh, he, after Kahane is murdered, Griffin is still receiving these postcards. So obviously, Kahane wasn't the person, and he was wrong about that. So as the tension mounts and the movie moves along, the LA or the Pasadena Police Department is investigating him because there's some suspicious behavior on his part. He starts to see Kahane's girlfriend. They start to kind of form a thing, a relationship. So of course, all of that makes the cops suspicious. So there's kind of those things going on. And then, like I said, within that, you kind of see the behind the scenes workings of how uh, there's movies where you know, actors and writers want to have, which, you know, what's the word, not sell out, not have big stars in movies, not have every movie have a happy ending. So the player satirizes kind of all of that. And as it as it concludes, you will see the the <laughs> the way that it does that and then the way kind of everything is unexpected but expected. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to give away too many spoilers at the end of the film. But what I love about the player and kind of movies uh, of that era is there and you don't really see it anymore now it's kind of hard to get those movies is where there's not a pat kind of happy ending or sad ending. it's just an ending there's movies that just end and and they end in the way that you're like wow you don't kind of really see that anymore and i've talked about it in other podcasts uh, i am a big fan of the marvel movies and big good superhero movies i'm a movie buff i like popcorn movies i like serious films i like everything in between uh and, but i do acknowledge that because of the nature of how much money these huge movies make, it does kind of squeeze out what you're kind of missing now in the cinema is the kind of adult 
targeted R-rated film. So what I mean by that is either R-rated dramas, R-rated satires, just just adult movies in the sense that subject matter for adults, you know, whether it's political corruption or crime dramas or or things like that or satires or black comedies or kind of things like that that are kind of smaller targeted audience films you don't really get those anymore now i guess the argument can be made you get those in other platforms now whether it's uh, on netflix or you're streaming amazon netflix hulu uh what have you uh so there's other avenues for it but you really don't see it in the theaters anymore so that's kind of sad and i kind of miss those i grew up kind of on those movies as well uh so it, it re- revisiting the player uh kind of helped me revisit that and kind of rekindle why i love those movies so much so it is a great movie. I highly recommend it. I think my only small criticism of the movie, and it's a small one, and it's not based on anything of my view of the film, there is a lot of inside Hollywood stuff that's that permeates through the movie. Um, so if you're not a huge movie buff or you don't know a lot about the movie business in the sense that you don't, you know, back in the day when you used to have, I used to read like Premiere Magazine. I used to read a lot about inside movie business. I've read f- books about it. But if you're not that deep into it, some of the movie can feel a little bit aloof to, to those viewers, but to that I would say, even though that's a slight criticism from my part, I would not let that detract you from watching the movie. Because even if you take that part out of it, it's the, the cameos that are in it are fun to watch, the, the acting all the way around is fantastic, uh, the central plot is interesting. So even if you're not super into Hollywood or super into the movie business, the nuts and bolts of it, there's enough in the player that even if you're not that I think it's still enjoyable. Obviously, if you are, it makes it just gives it another level of enjoyment. But that's my only slight criticism for anybody coming to this movie uh, without that kind of deep knowledge of the film business aspect of it. So, like I said, that's my only slight criticism. But again, I would encourage anyone uh, that likes just good movies to check it out. It's a great movie. If you're a fan of Tim Robbins, he's great as usual. Uh, Fred Ward is fantastic. Um You've got Sidney Pollack, as I stated earlier, he has a couple of scenes. He's great in it. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg plays a police detective. And then you have Lyle Lovett, who doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but is just basically slinking around through the whole movie, kind of rattling Tim Robbins' characters. He's following them around as they're trying to investigate the death of, uh, of Kahane. So, again, all of that stuff's fantastic. Uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, so, again, whether you're huge into the movie business or not, I think there's enough in there for either type of person. But especially if you're into movies, it's a fantastic movie. I was glad to revisit it. I actually watched it. I purchased a Criterion Blu-ray of it. So I'm going to start uh, getting some more Criterion Blu-rays. I don't. I, that's actually probably the s- second one I only own. I have the Criterion of the Spike Lee film, Do the Right Thing. Uh, it's fantastic because it's a, it's a beautiful picture quality. The sound quality is good. The restoration is good. So it was good to watch it in that format. So I'm looking forward to that. So again, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give... The Player by Robert Altman, four Van Goghs out of five. Again, I highly recommend the film. I think you will enjoy it. And again, I'm giving The Player four Van Goghs out of five. Thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoyed the review of The Player. Again, the show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and CastBox. If you listen to the show on any one of these pod catching apps or especially on itunes please rate and review the show Uh, again as i stated earlier on your reviews and ratings significantly 
raise the show's profile on searches, and that helps me build a lot of your audience, which is one of the goals, of course. Uh, if you have any questions uh, about my review or want to talk about the film that I reviewed today or any one of my past episodes, feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter. The handle there is at BendYourEarPod. That is also the handle on Instagram. If you want to email me directly, you can at BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's BendYourEarPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and hope everybody has a great week.